to do anything, but the water was alive as it raced down his throat, and the bitter cold was a red starburst as he closed his eyes, and the world was a dark fading memory as he felt himself sinking, sinking. William heard a whisper, a sudden gust of wind, followed by something even more unsettling. Silence. The steady chunk, chunk, chunk of Jude's footsteps behind him had disappeared. He turned, wondering why Jude hadn't cried out if he'd slipped on the ice. Jude was gone, only a dark patch of water swirling like a drain. It was an auger hole. Jude fell through. Left by previous fishermen, Jude fell through. And it wasn't possible, wasn't possible at all for Jude to... Jude fell through. Following this thought, another idea came to William. An unsavory idea he chewed on for a moment while looking at the black hole of water. He glanced at his old Ford pickup parked at the lake's edge, his mind caressing the idea's rough, brutal edges. Then the liquid sucking sound of the hole at his feet pulled him out of the thought, pulled him to his knees. William plunged his arm deep into the gaping hole, and the frigid waters of the lake made him suck in a deep breath, a ragged gasp of protest from his sinew and muscles. Images of his son began to haunt his mind. Jude's thin body sliding through the ice, Jude's mouth stretching into a small O as the last gasp of air escaped his lungs. Jude's limp body, floating beneath the ice, forever out of reach just inches from his fingers. William's hand found nothing. Nothing at all. He pulled his arm out of the water, trying to banish the terrifying pictures that muddied his thinking. Cold and snow swirled around him, but his throat became a desert of grit as panic slid into his stomach. Jude was drowning. He plunged his head into the hole, not really knowing why, but driven by a need to do something else, anything else. He tried to open his eyes underwater, really tried, yet his body refused to cooperate. He pulled his head from the water, gasped for air, and felt rivulets of trickling water beginning to freeze as they traced lines down his forehead. A few more seconds, rushed panting, thinking, William thrust his arm back into the murky water, stretching it as far as possible and willing his fingers to touch something, anything other than ice and liquid. Although he'd never been a religious man, he subconsciously begged God to... His finger brushed something. Then, not just his finger, but his whole hand. He grasped and pulled, closed his eyes against the exertion. The dull purple of Jude's winter coat surfaced, now slick and shiny with water. William used both hands to reclaim his son's motionless body from the lake. Streams poured from Jude's clothing as if he were a sunken treasure lifted to the surface after centuries in the murky depths. William rubbed at Jude's face, tried to open the eyes, find a breath, a heartbeat, anything. Jude was still. William looked to the pickup again, 
tore off his own coat and wrapped it around the lifeless form. He picked up the body and turned toward the shore, then slipped and sprawled across the ice after a few steps. But he wasn't going to lose his grip on Jude, not now. William crawled to his feet and started shuffling toward shore once more. He listened to the slow drizzle of water draining away from Jude's clothes. Or maybe it was the sound of time draining away from him. For a second, just for a second, when Jude slipped through the ice, he had thought about... Again, he pushed the idea from his mind. Couldn't think about that now. Couldn't think about that ever. Had to get to the hospital. He opened the passenger door and pushed aside a jar of pickled beets as he slid Jude into the cab. He ran to the other side of the pickup, put the key in the ignition, and turned it. The old Ford roared to life, and William had it in gear before it was hitting on all cylinders, spraying snow and ice from the tires as he turned and started the twenty miles back.